listening to this podcast right now. Do you want to hear a fucking podcast about anything and everything? Yeah. Like movies, oh my music, God. television, and more? Oh my God. Well, you've come to the right place. Yes. Subscribe to Journey into Comics Network, and you get Podcastrophe, oh hosted God. by me, yes. Dick. Why not throw a couple bucks to the Patreon? It's your yes. choice. Yeah. This is a Podcastrophe. That sounds so awesome. The following, following. The following. Is a journey into comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. Welcome back to Adulting Ain't Easy. This is episode 7. For real this time. For real this time. Apparently we thought it was episode 7 last week and then... Not last week. Two weeks ago. And it wasn't the case. So, yes. We are back. We're back from another country. Yes. Continent. Country, continent, the whole shebang. The whole... Hemisphere, all that jazz. Yep. And there's a sleepy non-familiar dog next to us. Yeah. We're babysitting. You're babysitting. We were saying my parents' dogs, because right after we got back, my parents came up and are going to see my brother in California, and they left their their sweet puppy behind. Yeah. My puppy, like a four-year-old dog. Mm -hmm. But very nice. So anyway, you're Andrew. I am Andrew. Did I not introduce myself? No. I am Andrew, and you are Liz. Yes, I am. And we are very content here. Liz is laying down. I'm sitting here. We are very content with our cheer wine. We're here to bring you a new show. So, I don't know how to. What are we? What are we talking about? We're gonna. So since we went to two different places in Africa, we decided that we'd do a two-parter because there's so much stuff that we kind of did in both cities, and it's just it would be way too long if we did it all in one. Exactly. So we just got back from South Africa, and we were in Johannesburg and Cape Town through um, a company called Go Touchdown, and they do a bunch of different tours. Um, they will, Their primary, I think, is in Africa, but they've got a ton of other tours. Like, there's some Europe, and I don't know if there's Asia yet. But I think they're talking about Asia. They're, they're, I think they're slowly expanding out from just the African continent. Yeah, because they started, like, maybe less than five years ago. Is that a Northern Africa one? No. No, I thought they did. But anyway, we were in South Africa, and... For two whole weeks. For two weeks. And so today, we were going to talk more about the Johannesburg side of things, because it was... The way that our tour was structured, it was more of a safari on the first half near Johannesburg, since there's um, more game reserves and national parks over there than down south. And right. then the second half of the trip was more of like city life and mm-hmm. kind of more on the. I don't want to. I don't know if I want to say cultural side, but it was. It was like it, it was more of what you would think going to Africa. In Cape Town? No. I don't know. Oh, no, in Johannesburg. But I'm saying that Cape Town, they were all different experience. Cape Town, it's very, like... Urban. Yes. Very urban, very uh, coastal. Mm -hmm. Um, It was kind of like, almost like you were in... I was saying, like, parts of it could feel like you were in, like, San Francisco. Mm -hmm. Very hilly. There was ocean there. There was a large uh, boardwalk and waterfront life. But let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Right. We'll talk about that uh, in two weeks when we'll talk fully about Cape Town. Mm -hmm. Drop the volume here just a smidge. Go ahead and keep talking. Um, What was I going to say? So, yeah. So, our first two weeks, we ended up flying – or the first week, I guess. The first part of our two-week trip went – we were in Johannesburg and – I don't know. Everyone keeps asking us which was better, Johannesburg or Cape Town. And I really, they were so different. And you'll see that when we talk about Cape Town as well. They're just completely different experiences. And it's hard to kind of pick which one was better because they both had very, like, we didn't have a bad experience 
in either spot. Right. There were there were two different to compare. Mm-hmm. Like it was not like it was. It's not like comparing like Humala to Palansburg. which we'll get into. Which we'll get into when we uh, get further into this. But uh, do you just want to talk about our flight? Our the first part of that. Um, just kind of go in order. I guess we or, can go in order. Or do you just want to jump around? It, I think it's best to go in order. So we had a very long flight. We yeah. basically went from Chicago to Atlanta and then Atlanta all the way to Johannesburg, which was a very, very long, long, tiring 20-hour flight. Was it 20? That was 15. Yeah, I don't 15, know. 15. Well, it was... It was 15 straight plus the three hours from Chicago to Atlanta. Yeah. And 15 hours when you can't sleep and you're trapped in... And we weren't on the aisle, so we were kind of stuck for a lot of the flight. Mm-hmm. And since we weren't used to traveling that long, at least I wasn't, I couldn't get comfortable. It was a we little... We were very grouchy by the end. We yes. were ready to be We there. were gross from just sitting for that long. You just kind of get, you just get like sweaty and it's just... You feel gross, and the you, you really want to just like stretch your legs and just like run around almost because you just get very stir crazy. Lay down, lay but down. Like I would. Of course, those dang first class people got there was like it was almost divided into three because there's like there's first class which they had a full like lay down yeah, section. Like, there's like a they have like almost like um it's like a little pod so like you can sit there's like a spot but you can also put your legs up. Yeah. I don't think you can fully recline, but I think you can at least put your legs up and kind of lean back. Mm. So you're kind of in like almost like um, those like beach chairs. It's kind of the closest thing it probably compares yeah, to. I would say so, yeah. And huh. then they had the Comfort Plus, which had like they had a little more leg room. Plus you could kind of there was like I think there was like a sling where you could put your feet up. Right, and, and then we were in and economy. the chairs were bigger. Yeah, and then we were in economy, we which saw. is very standard. There was. On the international flights, I did feel like there was more leg room than on a traditional flight. Yeah. A little bit. For me, because my leg room is my, like, the thing I hate most about flying, though, because my legs are long, so sometimes my knees are just, like, in my throat for a flight. And if I, when I, I would have been so cranky. I would have stayed just standing around until I had to sit down again, if that was the case. Yeah. But, I mean... They did compensate for the big flight. Like, we were able, even though we were in the economy seats, we still were able to have alcohol for free. We got um, in-flight movie, and they had, like, um, screens in the headrests, and so you could watch movies or TV shows. Yeah, they had relatively they had, new movies, too. Yeah, like, they, movies that were just, like, just out to rent. Like, I, I remember we watched uh, Happy Death Day to You, which hasn't been out all that long. Um, they had like the oh what was it the star what was it stars born no 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 well besides that one it's the one with the girl with the big eyes what the hell is that what movie oh Alita yes they had Alita that one. Battle Angel yes and they had like yeah they start like a lot of the big movies that came out in theaters between like end of last year and the beginning of this year yeah so it was it wasn't like you were bored because then you also like we had. TV shows that we downloaded and that we watched and right. all that stuff. But we ended up watching, at least for the most part, our screens. Mm-hmm. But it was easy because then you, you get, when you're on a flight for that long, it's just really tiring to just have your hand up and like holding your phone. Or having it you. down and looking down the whole time. That just gets you dizzy and you hurt your neck. So being able just to stare straight ahead is nice. Yes, definitely. So that was, that was, I guess the only part that, I really didn't like was getting there because of how badly our layover was scheduled. Um, how long was our layover in Atlanta? Two hours, four hours. It was, it was a while. Yeah. But anyway, we don't have to talk to our flight for that long. Cause then once we got there, we got to, um, we got through all the customs and whatever. It wasn't really that super exciting, but mm-hmm. um, then we got picked up by our lovely first tour guide, James. James. He's, Gems. Yeah, at first Andrew thought his name was Gems. And I was like, he's like, yeah, his name, is it Gems? J-? I'm like, it's James. He can't, his A's aren't as hard as ours. Yeah, it's it's a very, it's a, it's a very British-y. The eloquent. A's are like, eh. Eh. Heh, heh, heh. But, um, and then we also, kind of, we got lucky enough that, so we're, we were in a tour group of six people. And actually the other two people had gotten in. 
maybe half an hour before us, and we got to get to know them a little better. Um, another couple that was also on their honeymoon, so that was kind of nice. We were close to our age. age yes. So I think that helped. I know a lot of people, like, when they go on a honeymoon, they're like, oh, I just want to spend time with my significant other, whatever. But it is fun. I mean, at least I thought it was fun to have, like, we did have our alone time, but it wasn't like we spent all our time alone. We had people to, like, share experiences with. Right. It wasn't like you were, I think if we would have been just the two of us at dinner and dinners. and It would have got, like got older, especially because we, uh, a lot of places we were at where there was no internet. Yeah. And it would, it would have gotten uh, old, not old, but it would just it would have been a different experience. Yeah, it would have been hard to there's, talk There's nothing about to do, we would just be talking about the, thing, the events of the day, and it would just be like a normal time at home. But being able to like uh, kind of talk about like, oh, what's going on in our lives, um, what's our story, talk to another couple, and it, it, it just made things a little more personal. And it's, it's nice to share it with someone else, especially someone with a similar life experience as you. Exactly. So yeah, so really the first night, we got there around like six o'clock and Andrew and I, in our minds, we were like, Oh good. We're going to like, and at least for me, I thought that, okay, we were going to go like we had dinner on the flight. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right, well, I guess we're going to go like, go there, be able to check in our room, shower, and then just go to bed. Cause that's kind of how I was feeling. Right. But then that's not what happened. They're like, Oh yeah, you can have dinner at the, at the, um, resort, which is called seasons. And they have like a in resort, uh, restaurant Tanglewood. Tanglewood, yes. And, and it was they were serving food till like nine, I think. Yeah, and I was just like, oh no, because well, we both. I like I could smell myself, and I felt I was offending myself. I was right. like, oh my gosh, this couple who just met us are gonna like smell us. I mean, I'm sure they don't smell any be better, but it's stinky and gross. But I know I just wanted to because I didn't sleep on the flight. I'd been up like a day and a half, I tried to like not sleep the night before we left just so I would sleep on the plane and that didn't work out. So I was exhausted out. We were sweaty. It was just like, let's go eat. And they're like, Oh great. So then we had to like, I don't know. It was a fine meal. It was good. I think we had burgers and we tried some of their beer. Um, cause the nice thing about the trip was that we didn't have to pay for food. Well, no, we had to pay for food that time. Yeah. Because we had gotten there early. Right. Um, we had to pay, that was probably one of the only meals that we had to pay for, which even still in Johannesburg, it was, yeah, it was yeah the only one in Johannesburg we had to pay for, and honestly, it wasn't even that expensive because the rand is very the dollar is very strong in right. Africa. It's equivalent of like thir- I think it's thirteen to it's it varies between like thirteen and a half to fourteen uh, rand to one dollar, and then the food you're getting is like oh well the, your burger's like sixty five rand, which is like. Oh, it's like five bucks for a, mm-hmm. for a decent burger with fries and whatever and or then chips. You get your, yeah, and then you have your beer, which is twenty five to thirty rand, which is like not Couple even. Bucks. It's like two dollars. And for a good, a decent beer, it's not like you're getting like crap beer, like college beer. It's like mm-hmm. good quality. Even their domestic was fine. Mm-hmm. And but we still didn't quite understand like tipping, so we ended up really over tipping the lady the first night. Yeah, so they told us that it was ten per like a ten percent tip. So I think what happened to us, we kind of got frazzled. I think we were just a little tired and we like did. So at first it was like, we like rounded up to like the next like dollar or something. And we all gave that. And then the lady came back and was like, actually, this isn't right. We we're like, that was kind of ballsy of her to do. Right. Cause like, you'd be like, Oh no, it's right. But cause I feel like if you went to like a normal restaurant here, and like the waitress came back and said your tip wasn't right. Oh, that would that would not go over well at all. Mm-hmm. So then, I think we overcompensated. Like we did the ten percent, but then we didn't divide it. We, we divided. Did, we it. each of us did ten percent and yeah. of the total, not the half. And we ended up like rounding it up. It was we ended up giving her equivalent like a thirty to fifty percent tip. Yeah, it was. But we were tired, so I could really. I mean, and we, we essentially tipped her like five bucks, mm-hmm. the equivalent of five bucks, which isn't that bad. Yeah. So then, then we got to our room, which was super nice. It The Seasons Resort was very, definitely a place that I've never, the style of how they um, do their rooms is, like, something I've never been involved with before. It's almost like a hostel slash hotel room because you have, like, the traditional, there's... It's very OC-shaped. You're in, like, a pod of, like, there's a four-person, it's almost like a four-person suite. So every room has, you have a bed 
and then you have a bathroom. But, and then a closet desk area. Right. And then if you want to, there's an optional, like, communal area where there's, like, a kitchen and a, a dining kitchen. room. And, um, like, a living room with a TV. And then there's, like, an outdoor area with a grill. and It's essentially a house. Yeah. It's a house with four suites. Pretty much, yeah. And so that was really nice and different. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we were supposed to get up for breakfast the next day at, like, what it was supposed to, they're like yeah get to breakfast around eight o'clock ha 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 andrew and liz set an alarm for seven and liz turned off the alarm because she thought that i was ready to get up and we weren't and we no. ended up sleeping until 10 o'clock right because i could not i even though i was exhausted i was still up just awake i think i i dozed off for like a half hour then i was just up until like four just i was up i was reading i ended up like organizing all the apps on my phone sorting pictures it was I was killing time because I couldn't have the TV on because Liz was asleep and I was just just wide awake and I couldn't shake it because my body was still thinking like, oh, it's morning, like it's morning back home. You should be awake now. Not it, even really. It was, or it was late. I don't remember. It's it was. I was just I was too exhausted to sleep. Is kind of how I was. I was in this weird like second wind state. Mm-hmm. So then I finally slept. I just slept like a rock. Mm-hmm. But thankfully, you know, we did wake up at ten. We still honored our breakfast. Until 11. We got, like, the tail end. They still got that. And one thing that's interesting about their breakfast is that, at least at Seasons, well, I think even at Humala, but we'll get to that. Seasons, you do a cold and a hot breakfast together. So they bring, you give, like, um... They'll essentially have, like, a little, like, continental breakfast first. Fruits, yogurt, uh, like, oats or granola. Toast. Toast. And then... You finish that, and they bring you a plate of eggs, bacon or sausage, and um, a grilled tomato. The grilled tomato was good. I would have never thought to do that because they'd slice it, and then they'd put it on the grill, I think, with the bacon. For just just like a a second, just Mm -hmm. enough to make it hot and soft, and it's always good. It was very good. But But then after a while, we got sick of uh, eggs. eggs because it was the same breakfast at Seasons every day. Except for the sausage. The sausage was new. They did maybe a hash brown one day too, but it was oh, you wanted, you wanted the that, same. You wanted that hash brown all the time. That was a good hash brown. Yeah, so the food was it was good. It just it got old. That and the fact that... Because um, the breakfast, they only did one type of thing the whole day. At least for the people, like the Go Touchdown people. I saw that they had other stuff as well, but I think if you went outside of that, that you had to pay extra. Right. And the interesting thing about, um, also about like seasons and really in Africa in general is that it's a big Coke product area. Like it's Coke, Coke light, Coke zero Sprite, and then a bunch of Fanta. And then Fanta and then that's it. Uh-huh. And then really, it's, and you then didn't it's, see any other Pepsi products or any other. No, I never saw a Pepsi. I didn't see a Mountain Dew. I didn't see. Dr. Pepper. Like nothing. Did I wanted, like I didn't even see, I didn't even see Pib. And Pib's a Coke product. Right. I would have had gladly had a Pib if I saw it, but no place had it. It was Coke Coke Light, which is Diet Coke, but it, I just like Coke Light. Mm-hmm. Liz got really good at saying that. Coke Light. Coke Light. <laughs> um, but, so that was, so I definitely stick a Coke, so having the cheer wine now. Mm-hmm. So then, luckily the first, kind of like the first day we were there, like the full day, we kind of had to ourselves because then the following day we would be going on our first safari. So did that we, was the what day. What did we do the first day? I know we, we kind of wandered, but did we have an activity the first day? No. That was the, or just like a free day. Yeah. So like some people, because they call it like a free pre, pre-night. So Sunday was our like included pre-night. And so the next day, a lot of people, what normally oh. a lot of people will do is like an excursion. Was that our shops day? Mm-hmm. Oh. And so, like, some people, like, the couple we were with, they went to, um, they did, like, an elephant excursion where they did, like, an interaction with the elephants. And um, they had a couple others, but it's just, at the time, and they were kind of expensive, we just kind of decided we just wanted to be able to do things on our own. Right. And so... James. What? So, James. No. Well, I'm, I'm getting that. Oh. So, we kind of, like first kind of explored seasons because technically it's kind of like a big golf course resort and like spa mm-hmm. and everything. And we ended up walking around and what was weird was that like, there was just like animals just everywhere. Like 
lots of different kinds of birds and the vervet monkey, which was kind of interesting. Right, and ginormous rabbits. Mm-hmm. And then the occasional, uh, was it springbok? What was no. our hanging out? Uh, they were like Bisbucker. I don't know. They they got a. They're bunch all of antelopes. Different... Yeah, they've got a bunch of. I didn't know the antelope was a Classic. a whole group. I thought it was just like there was one type of deer-like animal called the antelope, but it's not. It's a big group of that includes like impalas and elands and all these other different but, um groups yeah. of animals. Impala is an antelope, and antelopes is like it's like saying. This is a group of antelopes. Is like saying this is, these are birds. Mm-hmm. They just they fall into like a genus of. I probably shouldn't talk. Laying down. I'm just. Uh, it's still been hard getting back to work after we've been um, all the time off. But so yeah, we got to explore. I remember we went to a bird hide. That was cool because you could see all the different birds and you could watch the animals and the just kind of figure out what was going on. And we passed a couple of. Um, interesting signs. They had giant signs that said, beware of snakes. And then there was one that was beware of spiders, but we saw zero. I was well, wasn't, so Wasn't happy. the spider like they had, uh, the black, was the black mamba one of them? No, that's the snake. Oh, that was the, one of the snakes though, right? That was the, mm-hmm. and then, like the black widow was a spider, like, but it's the winter there. So the snakes are, are hi- are kind of hibernating and the spiders aren't doing things. So. I think the biggest spider we saw was a little speck of a spider. Which was nice, because I was very... That was one of the things I was really concerned about going there, was like... Check under the bed. I was worried, especially with when we were going on safari and staying overnight, I was worried that, like, we were going to find, like, spiders in our bed, or a snake in the shower, or something like that. Shake out the shoes and all that. Never had a problem with that. No. So then, later in the day, um, our tour guide, James, was picking up the last of our group um, at the airport. And then he asked if we wanted to do, like we wanted to do some shopping or something. Um, so just kind of kill time while the other couple was going to be at this, at this uh, elephant excursion. So we're like, yeah, sure. Why not? So we drop him off at the elephant place. And then he drops us off at this, like basically like a flea market. Like it, and it was huge. Mm-hmm. But we only made it through two stores because um, it's a, it's uh, the shops. It's kind of like if you ever, I guess, if you ever really gone to like a touristy area or something where like not locals don't go there to shop. It's just a, a specific clientele goes there. Yeah, it's a tourist trap. Right. So it's a bunch of shops. It's all like stuff that like a lot of homemade looking items and like art and figurines and knick-knacky things that all don't have prices because they want you to kind of guess what the price is so they can they're not gonna tell you oh this is only this much because then you'll pay that but they're like oh well pick out what you like i'll i'll say i'll do this much then you're supposed to kind of barter like not barter but you're supposed to kind of haggle them down to a a price that you think is uh like reasonable right but we were kind of bad at that (laughs) no yeah (laughs) We are, uh, we're very nice, and we don't want to offend, and we get guilty easily, so we were, we were the perfect suckers for them, so, mm-hmm. we, and, and the fact that they also lied very openly to us about saying that they made the stuff themselves. There was a lot of, like, wood, like, hand-carved things, or stuff that looked hand-carved, and they had us convinced, because this was our first official day there. That it was, that's my art, I did this, blah, blah, blah. And we fell for it. Right. Well, and they get you because they also, they ask you questions. They give you a gift. Like, this is my gift to you. Just so you feel obligated to get at least something. Mm-hmm. And we don't know if this is a good or bad price. Because, like, all that our tour guide told us when he dropped us off there was, like, they don't tell you the price. Get it down to a price that you're comfortable paying. But we don't know what's, what, because what we're comfortable paying and what it's actually worth are two different things. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. we've, and we've been negotiating him down. Like we got it down. He had a certain price. We got him down like a quarter, under a quarter of what he originally asked for. And we thought, oh, we're doing great. But he just really put like a, yeah. he put like a sky high value knowing that like, even if they come down 90%, I'm still looking good. Yeah. And what was funny that 
Uh, so we were negotiating with one guy and we ended up paying him and then we went into the next store and then our tour guide showed up and I was actually negotiating with this guy and he's trying to, cause I knew, I kind of like after that point I was like, all right, this is ridiculous. Like they're trying to get me like, is right. This well, they split really, us up too. Yeah. Is this going to really be that expensive? And so I was like negotiating with this guy and Harder. he's trying, yeah, he's trying to get me to get this necklace for like. A thousand rand, which was, it was not worth a thousand no, rand. No, that's like 80 ever. bucks. Yeah, I was not, I was like, no, I'm not buying that for 80 rand and, or 80 or whatever. A thousand rand. A thousand rand. I'm, I'm like, the best I can do is 200. And he kept saying, no, I can't, no, I can't, blah, blah, blah. But then once my, once the tour guide came in, he said, okay, I'll give you two for 200. And I'm like, yes, you will. <laughs> well, they, they know that. He would say something or intervene. At least I hope he would. If uh, he would, he was a nice. He'd man. be like, "What are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing, man? Yeah, he. He, he, was, very, he was looking out for us. He didn't want us to spend all our money in one place. And I really wish he would have spent with us the whole time. Yeah, at least but, outside. Like James, this seemed fair, but I think there's they have to let us figure it out on our own. We never made that mistake again. Right. Exactly. We were definitely like, okay, now we know this is. And it was hard because we didn't really, we weren't really used to figuring out things in rand and in dollars. Right. So that was kind of like the big, like, oh, we just spent kind of a lot of money, so we're gonna have to be more conscious about what we're doing, kind of thing. Right. So we like so I said, all right, we're getting gifts for these people. We know we have to give this tip money to our guides at the end. So we had like we budge all of our stuff, which set was, money aside. Which was super helpful, I will say. That was right. very helpful to like do that because then we kind of had a set limit of this is how much we can spend on either food alcohol and gifts and right if you go over then you've got to deal with the you know you you have to deal with the um those service charges because of foreign fees right so which even though you're buying something right it's still you don't why pay a fee just when you can when you brought the cash to begin with to convert so, yeah, but that wasn't, I mean, that kind of, like, I really felt stupid after that, but then it kind of got, it got better once we got back, and, like, right. we were, um... We had a little bit of... We had more food and drinks, kind of... Like, let's but we go, did go we, to the liquor store. They and made buy, us go to the liquor store. Yeah, we got beer and wine, a six-pack of beer and a bottle of wine for, like, ten bucks. Yeah, which that was, was super nice. For, like, good, and it was, like, good quality. Like, it was a nice bottle of wine. It was delicious. It, it was, it, that was, not, like, we just need to, like, not, like, need to drink our feelings right now. Yeah. A little bit of, uh, just a little traumatic experience with that. Yeah, and so, yep, we got back, back to the place. We got to meet, um, our new, the other, um, it was a mother-daughter that came with, and they were from Indonesia. So we got to meet them at dinner and... Right. um, Very quiet. Yeah. But But her mother didn't speak English, but Sasha, who was the girl we were with, did speak English for the most part. She was bilingual or multilingual. And yeah, it was very nice. They were both... uh, They're both doctors. She just became one. So that was a Mm -hmm. nice thing. But she was also like right around my age. Yeah, she was... Probably fresh out of medical school. So, so probably thirty, maybe. Maybe I don't she know. was she was close. She was still in the same age group that we had similar interests. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yes. that was that's first. That's only our first a full day there. So. Yeah, and then well, and then afterwards we drank with them with mm-hmm. our uh, our new friends. Yeah, we chilled in the Frank and Melissa and just kind of. Continue to get to know each other and things like that. Use the jacuzzi. We did use the jacuzzi. And then the next day we had to get up bright and early because we were going to our first official safari. Yes. Going to Hubal. So it's the Songmi Velo Game Reserve was where we were. And the only lodge, because they call it like Game Lodge, in that area is called Humala River Lodge. And that was Gore... Just. Yeah, it was surprisingly only like four years old. The lodge, mm-hmm. like the lodge in that area, was tall, so it was all very new. But it looked like it had been there like the whole time. And the fact that it's so off the grid, they did all that construction by hand. Like they literally, they had what or like they have off road jeeps, and they we were like, so how'd you get all the stuff here? This literally, they took the off road jeep to they put had, stuff in it, 
and take it. And it was like from the gate to where the lodge is was 45 minutes away. I was just right. like, that's intense. And plus there's no like, not a lot of civilization around there. There's a lot of, uh, there's there were some shops and there were some cities there. But still like you're bringing that stuff at least like an hour to the front gate and then another 45 minutes to get back there. So, it, but it looks beautiful. It's very self-sustained. The people who work there live on the grounds in this giant game reserve, mm-hmm. and it, it's it's just so relaxing and so beautiful. And we, I took like a thousand pictures of all the sights and sounds. And... Mm-hmm. Well, and then too, even before we got there, um, it was about a what three-hour ride from four, three to four-hour ride from yeah. seasons to. Um, Humala, and our tour guide actually surprised us with this rest stop, and we were like, okay, this is like a big rest stop. He's like, no, you've got to go into it. It was like a truck stop. It looked like a truck stop from the outside. And we're like, we have to go into it? What did he mean? And then, so, he leads us out to this open area where there's basically farmland, and there's all these different kinds of animals. They're like rhino, and um, herd of Cape Buffalo. Wildebeest? Wildebeest. Zebra. Zebra. No, not the zebra. Ostriches. There was ostriches, like all these different things. And we were like, what? And so apparently this place, I think it was called Appaloosa. And it's this guy, a privately owned company. And like he owns all this land. Plus the. Plus the animals on it. And, and he the just stuff. lets them. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He like, basically these animals have like a fenced in area that they're able to live in and then it's massive it's massive and then what they do during meal times like people will stop for lunch or whatever they actually like they'll feed their the animals are kind of on a human feeding schedule so we were there around lunchtime and so the the people were feeding lunch to the animals and all of them came really close to like the edge so we could get some really nice pictures of those animals, which is really cool. Right. It was, and that was, he's like, our tour guy was like, yep, this is your first taste of animals. And I was like, gosh, I hope like, I, I didn't know what to expect when I got to, when we were going to go on our game run, because I was like, I didn't want to get too excited. Like, Oh, we're going to see a ton of animals and then not see any. So I kind of had like no expectations. Right. And I was thinking, Oh, we're just going to go through a game drive, see maybe one or two things and then be, you know, then it's like, oh, maybe next time. Because we did tomorrow. a total of what four. So we did. The drive. We did driving and driving out, and then three once while we were there. Yes. So five in total, but two were just like driving. We weren't like sli- slowly going about. Yeah. Um. But the, we saw some. We saw a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't go by Humala day by day, even though we were there two days. But it was just like. The amount of animals we saw and how close we saw some of those animals was just amazing. Like within like our first like twenty minutes into like getting there, saw a mother daughter giraffes. Mm-hmm. We saw a lot of like spring buck and other antelopes, impalas, mm-hmm. wildebeest, and us all just stri- our general driving up as it was like the sun was going, kind of sun was going down. Yeah, no, it was, it was still it was no, it was like mid afternoon, and then. They're like, okay, you can put your stuff in your room. We're gonna. Well, we, we didn't even put them. our stuff in our room. No, we didn't. They actually did that for us. Mm-hmm. They had two separate cars. It was either there was like the passenger jeep which we were in, and then they had another car that took like was like a pickup, and that's what took our luggage to where we were staying, which was amazing. Whenever I think of like when people say glamping, I'm like, this is like my standard now. So anything else that's lower than this is not glamping. Oh my gosh! At all, I don't. I not really want to get losing a tent, but I don't think that'll ever happen. It's just like the place we stayed. There's like a structure. It's almost like a skeleton of like a hut, almost like a small. It was like, a. Uh, it's essentially. It's like a house on stilts. It, yeah, it's on. It has a patio, uh, like a, a, a double door in the front, glass on one wall, and then the sides are, um, have like. Banisters and a railing, and then they're uh, tarp, or not tarped, they're uh, like tented. So there's like zip out windows like you see in any like regular tent. And then those, and in the summer, they actually can roll those up so you get the cross breeze of nature. Mm-hmm. And like in the middle of the room, there was like a bed and like uh, dressers. The bed was heated because it's winter, so it like gets super cold at night. And then like there was a shower 
outdoor so, shower. An outdoor shower, and then the bathroom and stuff is all behind the bed area. But it's inside. But it's inside. But and actually, like we didn't really talk about the weather that we're there. We're there when it's summer here, it's winter there. So the temp, like the temperature in Johannesburg, was in the uh, high sixties, low seventies. Yeah, I'd say during so. the day, and then down into like fifties and cooler at night. Mm-hmm. Just because you're in, it's just there's not a lot, lot of open space. Of, there's no windbreaks. Yeah, and there's not a lot of like here. We've got a lot of. Like soil, the soil's really rich, so here it's easier for the ground to hold the heat. Whereas where we were in Humala, it's dry. not like it's very dry, so it doesn't hold heat. So literally, once the sun well, goes down, all that heat that you had during the day is gone. When we were on some of those game reserves, as soon as the sun went behind the mountains, you just felt it drop like ten degrees in like a second. Yeah. Because like the the all the dirt is like tan and. Like red, so it's not holding any heat, and it's all it's just out. Right, and so yeah, I mean, we did so each. So we were there two days. So we did two sunset um, safaris, and then one sunrise safari. So I don't know what would you what did you like better? Did you like the sunrise or sunset better? I thought we saw. I was kind of we saw different animals at each point. I think I liked the sunset one though because at least we had the sundowner, which was nice. Yeah. A sundowner, which is that like we drove to like a high point, and then we could have uh, drinks and like watch and just like kind of get out of the safari. We're like in like a relative area because at Humala and that whole um, what's the word again? S the S word. Sagmavello. Yeah, that whole place. There's no uh, major predators there. There's no lions. There's no um there no so and then we found this out too so if they um the reason like a lot of times when you think of safari you think of those caged vehicles well here we didn't have to do that because there were no predators there were no lions because a lot of times when you're in an area that has lions or cheetahs they like to if you're stopped they will sometimes go on top of your car well since we didn't have any of those it was open deck because the only predator, the only, like, big cat that was a predator that's there is a leopard, and leopards are very elusive. So you're not going to see a leopard come out and attack a human because they're way too scared to do that. Right. If we were walking around by ourselves, going into, like, trees and bushes, then potentially. Right. But, and all the, and they would more likely go after a gazelle or an antelope than go after us. Right, exactly. So... So that was nice because mm-hmm. because we kind of get got to do a bit of both. We did um, few like later in our trip we did especially like um, Lions Safari Park and um, Pelonsburg National Park. Those were where we had more of like the the enclosed jeeps because there were lions and especially in Pelonsburg you didn't really know when you were gonna come upon an animal, especially an animal like a cheetah or a lion so it was nice to have that right you're you're they did make it safer because it would be a major liability in that area because they're all wild they're not used to people well they're kind of used to people but they're not they're not nice they're not they're nice not, they're not hand raised so they're not used to humans in the capacity of a, like a hand raised lion or tiger or whatever right. so i think we got so we got to see a lot of animals up close when we were at humala we had to try a lot of uh Sorry, we started to try some authentic uh, African fair. We saw tribal dancers that came yeah, during that our last really, night. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. The tribal dance. And learning about the culture, too, about how, I mean, like, so the dancers, the when we saw them in Johannesburg, they were from Swaziland. So mm-hmm. Swazi, there's actually, we didn't know this either, two countries that are within South Africa. So one is Swaziland and one is Lis. Lesotho. Yeah. Anyway, so those two, the reason why that's like that is because they didn't want to give up their king. So these countries of Lesotho and Swaziland, they're run by a monarchy, mm-hmm. and both countries are very poor because obviously they don't, the uh, wealthy monarchs are not sharing. Right. And we got to learn something when we're talking about that about the, um, it was still, uh, there was still a dowry system in place. You still, um, when a man wanted to marry in the culture, it was 11 cows. 
the the male had to give to the wife's family. Mm-hmm. And for the king, who has many wives, because they're poly- they have polygamous uh, in marriages Swa- out there in Swaz in Swaziland, Swaz- like the more rural areas, like. When we were in Johannes, I don't think that there were any in Johannesburg. It's mostly, like, those very small, like, more tribal communities. Right. And we didn't really see a ton of that. We we saw a lot of, like, the tin shacks and things that people would think of when they think of, like, an urban city. Right. Then, but, like, when you actually get to a major city in Africa, it is completely different from what you think, which we'll talk about um, when we talk about Cape Town. Keep from cooking. (laughs) Yeah, lots of uh, KFCs, which is well, surprising. Right. We'll talk about that more. Except it's still really surprising, because even, like, on our drive-in, you'd see, like, a, like a town that was essentially, like, a lot of tin shacks, a lot of people who had, like, cattle and stuff. And then, like, you'd go to, like, an area where there's, like, street vendors, and there's just, like, a KFC that looks, like, immaculate. It looks like one you'd see, like, on the corner anywhere in America. Something, like, nicer than the ones you see around here. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and it was... Very well, like they really liked their their chicken there, so, mm-hmm. which was yeah, it was just very surprising to see. Mm-hmm. But um, it's, uh, getting a little off topic, but we'll have to talk about it more when we get to Cape Town with uh, the amount of like American restaurants that we saw while we were there. Yeah, so I'm trying to think. Um, so yeah, so I mean, being at Humala and learning all the this rich culture, because technically, from what we were. Um, we were talking to our guide because we were wondering, like, why Swazi? Why are the Swazi dancers here? And he said that we were literally, like, a stone's throw away from Swaziland's border. I was like, oh, that makes sense. Right. And but these... it was very interesting to learn about them. And, like, and it was just kind of, like, an eye-opening experience because these right. dancers, like, these, they weren't, like, adults. These were, like, Kids. kids that should be in school, but they're you know doing right. this dance. And I think but... they're still. I think they're still in school. Right, but they do this because their pam their families don't have money, and so they de- they do this dance group. And they've been doing it since like some of them were like four. They've been like training and stuff, and they do this because this keeps the kids away from doing drugs, uh, teenage pregnancy, a lot of the common like urban issues that come up a lot. Right. Especially in low income areas. Exactly. It definitely was a reminder of like um like those inner city kids and like just any of the issues you see in America with teenagers, I mean Right. That that, that is an international problem. Yeah. So That's one thing I learned a lot, at least from being here, is that there are there are problems that exist that are that don't that don't have borders. They're everywhere around the world has these same issues in these areas and it's things that we seem to work on as a kind of as a planet. Yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, so Humala was amazing. It's beautiful. Yes. Untouched by anything. And then we went back actually back to seasons because we were doing more, um, touristy things around right. that area. So one of the first places we went, um, was Habir sport. It's a, cable car thing and you went up the mountain so that was pretty cool right um but it was kind of short and then we went to this place which i think it was one of my favorite things was we went to lions park and safari yes and so it was basically this smaller like safari i'm guessing it's like a reserve or sanctuary or whatnot it's it it was more zoo-like yeah but you're going into their territory it's not like these there are in you know, there are fenced-in areas. They but... weren't in cages. They were in, a, yeah, they were in little fenced-in, and you were the one in a cage. Yeah. But that was kind of fun because we actually, like, before we even got into the areas where the lions and the cheetahs and um, wild dogs were, we actually stopped because in the way um, there was a giraffe that kind of just stopped, and the lady just stops the jeep and opens the door and... The giraffe sticks his head in. Right. Which was kind of funny. So we all, she like handed feed to everybody. So we fed the giraffe and pet it and everything. We know this isn't a, a this is a thing that the giraffe knows that, oh, when this pulls up. I just had to go over and I get free food. Mm-hmm. Because this, uh, this place is, vandals are very used to people just driving around and they know there's no threat. There's a lot of the animals there are hand raised. They said there are very few that were actually like born in the wild and like brought here a lot of them were 
born and raised here. Born and raised at that specific safari park. And to create their own hierarchy on their own, like the lions did what lions do in the wild. and. Mm-hmm. So that was really neat. But then, so we went through, they had a couple different, like, um, areas with different prides, and there was a cheetah side and a... What were um, what was wild the wild dog side? Do you remember what the group of male lions was called that formed its own like kind of pride? I don't. Remember. It was like a. It was like a, not a conviction. It was a. Uh, it was like a c word. It was almost like a. I don't remember. I can't, I can't remember it. It's yeah, it kind of one of those things like oh yeah, that's what that's called. And then it just slipped my mind. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's basically like because there's only like can only be like in the pride. There's really there's the one in charge who has the largest bushiest mane. Then there's the subdominant males that still mate with the females because to keep for the best chance for the cubs to survive, the female knows if she mates with all the the male lions in the pride that no one male lion will try and kill the others for his own offspring to survive. So they just assume that all of them are each other's and they're all raised them as their own. Mm-hmm. We also learned that uh, a lion female will only raise like the first three that are born. Mm-hmm. The other one shall let fend for themselves. Oh, they're called coalition. Coalition, yes. But um, so at this place, they would take the ones that would probably die or get picked off by other predators, and lets them, and then gives them like hand raises them and gives them a, a life to use them for like education, interactions, and, and, and then, entertainment. Yeah. Not like not like carnivals and zoos. Like they uh use them in like. Uh, movies and TV shows and stuff gives them that we see like like domestic animals being used for they get they're very they're very well treated they're very well respected but they give they give them an experience of a life that they wouldn't have otherwise yeah because if they what did they say the first the um, female usually has anywhere from like five to eight cubs and the first four are automatically the ones that are supposed to survive they're the strongest and that's how they whoever's the first ones out are the ones like these are the strongest that's where they're out first and then the other ones they just leave they just don't even take care of like it's not like they don't even consider them anything they just kind of leave them because they weird. don't see them as dominant so right. i'm glad that they help out and um you know they keep it going because when we were done with our our lovely safari, we got to go and play with those cubs. They were six months old, three months old, three or six months old. I don't know. I can't remember. They were very. They were the size of like a good sized dog, mm-hmm. but they were still very. You could see their paws, and you know how big a lion is, and you could tell those paws. Like I picked up one paw, and it was literally like almost the size of my hand, and I got pretty big hands, so it was. Uh, and they got their claws, and they got their teeth. Like if they wanted to. They're, they're getting to the age where they're almost probably too big for interacting with people. Because then they start getting the, more, like, their they're, teeth are too, a little too sharp and they're having, you know, they might have They're issues. very, they like to play fight. And yeah. Like any cat, like, you know, like, when a cat's playing with you, if it wants to, like, like give you the nips or scratch a cat, it's like it stings, but you're fine. If a lion cub does it, you're going to lose a finger or have a nice size gash in your, in your arm. Yeah, so... Luckily, I mean, we got tons of pictures of it. It was, they were really cute. I, and the amount of, like, not albino, but, like, very pale lions that we saw there. Well, they were called the white lions. So there's right. white lions, there's the yellow, normal, like, common lion, and then there's a mix of the It's two. like a bluff. Like, it's all like a light, It's kind like, of a, like a light tan. Mm-hmm. So that was cool to kind of see all of them, because you really don't think that there's more than one color of lion or lion species. Like, you think of the one where it's, like, they're kind of gold fur, they have the big brown mane. But, yeah, there's definitely saw a lot of white ones with, like, the tan mane, and it was, it was very, very interesting. But it was also, since it was it was a relatively hot day when we were there, a lot of the lions were just chilled, and we got to see uh, lion cubs nursing off the mother and learn a gross fact about lions. Mothers yeah. and their cubs. Yeah, that was disgusting. You want to tell them, or should we keep it a secret? No, we can tell them. Okay. So, apparently, which I didn't know and didn't need to know, and was glad I didn't had lunch before that, um, because in the wild, uh, lion cubs are not strong enough to defend themselves. Other predators, if they find out there's lion cubs there, will try and hunt and kill them because they're easy targets, because it's like, it's like babies and small animals. It's just... So what the mother does is she'll stimulate the the cubs 
to poop, and then will eat the poop so that they leave no trace that there's a, that there's cubs around. Because then by the time it passes through the mother, it's big cat poop and no one cares. Mm-hmm. So that's very gross. And I was just like, oh, that's – it's like, oh, it's doing it right now. And I'm like, that is that is a mother's love right there because that just sounds awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was kind of gross. But they were cute and they were fun to play with. And there's like – it's just like – And I know like – it. I know there's a lot of people that really don't like the interaction type thing, but it, like, when we actually did it, like, it was so much fun, and I'm, I really do care about animals, but I felt that they, they had so many different, the way that they structured it was really nice, because there were multiple, like, stalls of, or, like, multiple play areas of lion cubs, and they just switched them out, so it's not, like, one... Like, the three cubs that are there working all day. It's like, okay, from... They have have, have dozens. Well, not dozens, but they have have quite a large amount. I would say they probably have a dozen, and they switch. And they have, like, four out at a time or something. Yeah, three or four out at a time. And you're only with them for a couple minutes. It's Mm -hmm. not like you're there with them for, like, a half hour, and then they're doing it all day. It was... And we know that these are very well cared for. They're, um... They're very much about the the safety. It's not like you're going to a zoo and it's like, oh, you have interaction. Like these are the same ones you're going to see all day, and they were captured and brought here. These are the ones that they were raised here. They've been taken care of. They're not being exploited. Mm-hmm. It was it was all about interactions and education, which I think was the important thing. Yeah, but that was probably one of my favorite things. Was just I just I love animals, so whenever I get a chance mm-hmm. to like. Like, feeding the giraffes was really awesome, and right. like doing this cub interaction was very, like, something Their that... Their fur is so unique. Yeah, it's, it's very dense. It's thick and it's dense. I know it's probably just to keep them warm in the, uh... It keeps them cool enough in the, the summer months, but also keep... It's thick enough to keep them cool when it get, when the sun goes out and it gets massively cold out there. It kind of reminded me of, like, the old-timey teddy bear fur. Yeah, it was, like, it was thick and it was curly and it was... Mm-hmm. Almost, I like, feel like it's, like, almost like Velcro. Like, you could probably, like, stick stuff to it. Yeah. But I don't know if it like if it softens as they get older. But I don't know because because always said lines also though like long like almost like Afghan like fur. But it's... yeah, I don't know. But it was really fun. And then the last day that we were in Johan the Johannesburg area, we were at Pilansburg National Park, which was really cool because you can actually drive your car through the the per- not the preserve the national park. It's right. not like you have to pay this amount of money and you have to be at this place at this time so that and a jeep full of 50 gazillion people can go off and do whatever and right like it and was there's really nice there's just... gates and checkpoints and once you're in there you're in there yeah which was really nice because the other four people in our group decided to upgrade and do the jeep tour but andrew and i were like i'd rather spend that money on something different because it right. was going to be a hundred and or no it was like yeah, it was like sixty bucks per person to go on this jeep tour. And it was, it was like, it was like basically like you're in like a big school bus with like metal windows. Mm-hmm. And I think we had a better experience because we were by ourselves with our guide. We knew the area really well. We had like kind of we got to not have we weren't in a group of people being all noisy. We were able to go to different sides of the vehicle. It was. I much preferred that. And than... we kind of dictated where we wanted to go, and mm-hmm. he asked us like, "Oh, like." Where like what kind of animals are you interested in seeing and like well, kind of he from how he knew the park he was able to find like some of those animals so we could get those pictures right because he's this guy he does it week in week out so he knows like oh last week there were animals here and here and I know that this group of lions always hangs out in this spot and these animals hang out over here so we got to like oh okay cool so he was able to drive us around like right away when we got in we saw. A giant elephant. Uh, just at the water, like at the water's edge, just getting its drink and doing his thing. And we got pretty close to him. And then. And then we saw our first leopard. We did see our first leopard, a leopard cub. Mm-hmm. So, and it was just kind of by chance because we were just driving away from the elephant. And you always know that there's something around when you have like maybe more than one car waiting and looking at something. Right. So we have to stop. And it was just really, it was awesome because a lot of people, the amount of, so we saw three different leopards and and we were very lucky because um we had found out from our guide he's like normally like when people go on safari they maybe see one sometimes none and so that was really cool that 
not only did we get to see one leopard, but we saw a leopard baby and two adult leopards. Like that was really a unique experience. And even for our guide too, because he has never seen that many leopards right. you know, in one single run. So that was really cool. Um, especially since we saw two with a kill. Um, Cause one of them had a kill. Like we saw him go in the trees with its, at the bottom of the tree with his kill, and you could hear all the crunching of the bones and the right. muscles, which some people would probably get really grossed out about, but I thought that, that was, was the, very cool. And it was a reptile that it caught. Well, one of them, the first one that we saw that had a kill was an impala, and the second one was a monitor lizard. And we, and we saw it just after it caught the monitor lizard, but the the guys who were on the, who did the, uh, the bus got to see it actually catch it, or... Mm-hmm. So it was very cool to kind of get to see that experience. We saw, uh, did we all see like warthogs? We saw some rhinos that saw out their horns because at uh, at Humala they uh, they grind the horn down just for their own safety and so that poachers don't try and steal them because it's a large swath of land at Humala. So they just want to make sure that all the animals are safe. Yeah, and they only keep the horns, the tips on the horns, when they're lions, so that the rhinos are able to defend themselves. So we actually got to see the rhinos with their horns, which was really cool. They're very sharp looking. Oh, yeah. Agreed. And then, yeah, we just saw a lot of things up close, especially elephants. Right. We have some really great pictures of, like, that we didn't even need to, like, zoom in at all zoom because out, it was, actually yeah we had to zoom out our cameras because we were too close like list could have almost like reached out the window and touched the one that was just eating very contently we got to witness uh a dominant fight between two male lion or not lion male uh elephants yeah that was cool and, and then, then we followed the loser which probably in hindsight if we were by ourselves it wouldn't have been a good idea but um since our guide was with us he kind of knew He's, he was very knowledgeable in knowing, like, okay, this animal is okay with having people here take its picture. He was then, able to know body language and yeah, knew and, the signs. Mm-hmm, which was good, because we could get close to the animal without getting hurt. That, uh, that lo- the lion that, or not the lion, I keep on saying lion, the elephant that had lost, I think, was the most, uh, was the, I had the most anxiety during that interaction, because it looked like it was going to charge us and take us down because it was not in the mood mm-hmm. it turned like we were kind of we drove up slowly and it turned on us and did like a like a huff at us and yeah it was a and then scary. like and then it walked a little faster and then we're like okay time to go seems <laughs> mm-hmm. like it's my friend it's fine i was like no no yeah. i'm done we can mm-hmm. keep going yeah and that was kind of like our last day there and then the next day we left to go to Cape Town, but I think what really made the trip more memorable was that we had a really great guide take mm-hmm. us around. Like, James had all this knowledge, and, you know, there was never an, really an I don't know to a question. Right. I mean, he knew his stuff. And, and like, he had the personal experience. He's done all this before, so it was never like, oh, let me look this up. It was like he had it all on the back of his hand, and he had books available for us to read up on other things if we, had, if we were curious about certain animals that... We wanted to know more about what it was. Like, oh, I have books back here. You can look at this and that while we were driving. And Well, and also not even just that. Just, like, getting to know him and his culture because there are different tribes within South Africa that are still mm-hmm. kind of functioning. And if we had questions about the culture, he was more than willing to tell us about certain things. And it was just really nice to, like, we could just kind of be open and not be so guarded with questions. Right. Like we could ask him literally anything and it was super nice. He kept, his big thing was that we are family. Yeah. We are family. Um, you are now of Africa. He said, we've been waiting for you. That's what it said. Now, that was, and, I don't, and it seemed like and both guys we had were very different. So we know it's not like this is how you're supposed to act. It was, that was just how he was. Mm-hmm. And he found his calling doing this and he had his family and stuff. And I was, very and he went above and beyond. We haven't, we haven't even talked about what he did for us for our honeymoon. Yeah, I guess that could be a good way to close it off. Yes, because we're so on our last day back. Because he he said something. Um, he told me something like the day before. He's like, "Don't tell your wife, but I have a surprise for you." And I was like, "Okay, that's random." And I didn't know if it was something to do with when we were at the at the uh, game park or if it was something to do with like uh, a trink or something. I I had no idea what to expect. And then. 
he was being really weird when we got back to our rooms at the... No, it was on the way back from the park. He kept, like, stopping and going on his cell phone. We were like, what the hell? And I thought it was, like, an issue with our rooms because we kind of checked... No, that was not at that point. It was, uh, we just weren't sure if it was something to do with, like, our flight or our dinner or whatever. There was... It was very confusing. Mm-hmm. But he got like, kept, like oh, I'll be right back. So, like, he literally, like, we were, like, stopped, like, the side of the road. And he, like, walked out and then came back in and kept going. And, and then when we got back to our, uh, our place, he was being kind of weird. And I was like, does he see something? And the room is like, because then he had, like, Frank and Melissa, who was the other couple, uh, like, follow us back. And I was like, this is odd. And, like, he said to us just to follow you back and keep an eye on him. Like, is there an animal or an insect we should be watching out for? Like, what, what is going on? So we unlocked the door to go into our room, and there were candles and rose petals strewn across the room. There was rose petals on our bed. There was uh, champagne and a bouquet of flowers on our bed, and it was just very romantic, very sweet. And he had he had coordinated this for us for our honeymoon because he uh, we had told him or was in our paperwork, and he decided to arrange all this, and we got to see like um, their like country flower, which was the the protea. Mm-hmm. It was just really sweet, and like it just made it feel more like we're on. It kind of reminded us that oh, we're not just on our vacation. This is our honeymoon. This is very like a special occasion. This is for and us, and it was really sweet of him. Right, and yeah, we it it blew me away. Like that's not that's something above and beyond. Like we had a great enough experience that that was not necessary, but it was it was a very nice mm-hmm. surprise. Yeah. But I say, I guess to end it, I this is just like all in all, even just in Johannesburg, like I know a lot of people have worries about money and things like that, but literally just being in Johannesburg, like that was worth the amount of money we spent and we were only in one place. And to add Cape that, Town to it as well, I was like, shoot, we had gotten like a great deal. Right. Like I was, I think two hours into Humala, I was like, this it was worth the price of admission. Like mm-hmm. I was, I was happy. I was relaxed. I got to hear, uh, African versions of like popular eighties music, which mm-hmm. was interesting. But in, we're even like the amount we, we know we've talked a lot. This is like one of our longer episodes. We've barely scratched the surface of the amount of stuff we did at just Johannesburg. And we have mm-hmm. a, well, our whole, our next episode will be all about Cape town and anything we missed. And any, if we have to type of loose we might do a third about it, but mm-hmm. It, it was just a phenomenal experience, and I honestly think we'll have to go back in, like, ten years, five years. It definitely, I think, I'd love to see it in, like, a different season. Because obviously we were there in winter, and, like, it was the perfect temperature for me, because if we were there in the summer, it would have been brutal. But I would, it'd be nice to see they're, like, just if they're rainy season, when there's babies, and everything's kind of flourishing and all that. But I... Have no, I had no complaints beyond the getting there and getting back. I had no complaints while we were there. Yeah, it was just I don't know. It's like once you get to Africa, it's like you're itching to get back. Like it was kind of funny because when we I think it was like two days after we got back, I had gotten an email um, from this website that I subscribed to called Scotch Cheap Flights, and they already had a had a deal on Johannesburg flights. I'm like, ooh, is this a sign? Should, should we, we go back? Winter! Start, we Should we already start planning our next trip? Like, Christmas break, back to Toronto. Like, no, that's it's definitely too soon. But I'm definitely, for, like, not being, like, this was Liz's, like, vacation. This is what she's had her heart set on for her whole life. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was, this never, was my dream vacation. Right. It was never, like, going on safari was never, like, something that I do not doing, but... Being there and stuff just blew blew my mind, and I I loved every second of it. Mm-hmm. It was like normally for me, there's like, and I know that sounds really lame, but like Andrew knows this too. Like, there's some I have like a bad day on like certain certain things. It's just like something get like there's a bug up my butt, and like I get so cranky and like worked up about something that may be like insignificant or like just like something just something bugs me and I just get in a really crappy mood but like the whole time that we were in Africa like none would you agree I agree like you were the like I was the one who had the the most problem and I wasn't even I wasn't even bad like I've had beyond like the airport stuff I was I was pretty good the whole time we were there mm-hmm. but yeah I it's just you can't be stressed out there yeah it's like I think maybe if we were on our own like driving on our own doing stuff like 
watch out for those abnormal loads. I think we would have <laughs> just been a, uh, we would have just been a kind of a, a little stressed out because everything is backwards there because they do follow the the British way, which is driving on the left side of the road, and it was just very hard to readjust to with the steering wheel on the right. It, so being like in the front, what we call it the driver's seat, which is the front left of the vehicle, but not being the one driving is bizarre, mm-hmm. and like turning left off a highway and taking the left. It's just, it's weird, um, but it was amazing. And I I can't recommend it highly enough to anyone who wants a, mm-hmm. a, a non-traditional uh, vacation. Yeah, I'd agree. I think it has elements of both a non-traditional and traditional if you do it the way that we did. Right. Like Cape Town is a very... Traditional type... Vacation. And this Johannesburg is not. But we never really saw Johannesburg as a city. Like, the city itself could have been just like any other big city. But we weren't there. We were always on the outskirts. Right. We went to the airport and then just went straight to the resort. Mm-hmm. And it was just interesting. And I know people go there on, like, hunting trips. And Liz and I aren't really – that's not our life. So, But it was definitely an amazing experience. And I don't think I can – anything else I can add? No. Just uh, – we'll maybe throw a couple pictures up on our on our page to show some of the Johannesburg stuff. But – yeah, that, that'll do it for Adulting Easy for this week. I'm Liz. And I'm Andrew. Have a great week.